0: Scarlet Witch joined the Marvel Universe in 1964. At first, she and her brother Quicksilver were supervillains meant to battle various Avengers, but Stan Lee didn't believe in simple two-dimensional characters, and Scarlet Witch began to evolve. She and her brother had been raised and brainwashed by Magneto, But as Scarlet Witch learns and grows and sees more of the world, she adapts her beliefs, becoming a hero and an Avenger, and eventually falling in love with Vision. I'm not a comic book expert, but I have seen the movies and done a little bit of reading online, and Scarlet Witch fascinated me throughout the Avengers saga. Like Okoye, the Black Panther's general, I too wonder why Scarlet Witch isn't front and center in every conflict as she appears to be one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe, drawing her magic from the same power that crafted the Infinity Stones. But Scarlet Witch wasn't interested in heroics or power. She just wanted to be Wanda and to be with Vision. She was happy to leave the politics and the fighting to others, but in the end she was needed and she answered the call, sacrificing everything she held dear to try to save humanity. I wonder what she could have done with training from benevolent magicians like Doctor Strange rather than Magneto, and with confidence in herself and the strength and value of her power as a good thing, rather than something that made her dangerous or unstable or a freak. I think she would have been an unstoppable and fierce force for good. I'm Hannah, the bipolar, bisexual host of this bi-weekly podcast of Witches and Women. In this podcast, we explore the lives of fierce women, both historical and mythological, to better understand their lives and impact. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or even YouTube. And if you do social media, you can follow of Witches and Women on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Don't forget about our website of witchesandwomen.com, where we have a shop full of salty merchandise, the Grimoire Gallery, which is our internet gallery filled with contemporary art dedicated to our theme each season. So this season, it's the women of ancient Greek history and mythology. All of the art in the Grimoire Gallery is created by current working artists, and you can link to their sites directly from the gallery or purchase some of their pieces on our website. You can listen to the episodes and check out the source material in the Lamia Library. While you're on our website, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter, The Oracle. The bi-weekly Oracle is my winter solstice gift to you. It will launch with an extra special newsletter on Friday, December 20th, right before the solstice, featuring a surprise downloadable gift that won't be available in the later newsletters. So you'll want to sign up now. hecate is a goddess whose story has evolved many many times over the millennia she is known as the goddess of magic witchcraft necromancy witches and crossroads and she is uniquely represented by three figures in paintings and statues why because she is the only greek deity to safely pass through and actively use the powers of all three realms ruled by the three brothers of Olympus, sky, sea, and underworld. Her three-headed depiction also links back to her powers of magic, as each of the heads represents one of the most powerful magical phases of the lunar cycle, the new moon, the half moon, and the full moon. So, what is Hecate's story? Hecate, born to titans of night and destruction, actually does not exist in the earliest documentations of greek mythology you see just as many polytheistic religions would later just casually accept the god of christianity or islam when missionaries first arrived heralding the good news of the one true god the ancient greeks also accepted in other gods from other cultures adopting them into their existing pantheon and lore They didn't understand the need to worship only one god when they venerated many gods for many purposes. Hecate was was originally either an Egyptian goddess of fertility or an incredibly powerful goddess of ancient Thrace and Anatolia, where derivatives of her name have been found in many areas of worship. However. The people of ancient Greece welcomed Hecate into their lore with fear and praise. During Hesiod's first age of Greek mythology, under the rule of Kronos, Kronos and Rhea were not the only Titans getting busy. Their brothers and sisters, born of Gaia, were reproducing as well. The gods born to these Titans are very often ignored in retellings and plots of Greek mythology, as they were not as powerful and didn't sit on the Council of the Twelve. But one goddess, born of Nyx, also known as Asteria, the titaness of the night sky, and Erebus, the titan of destruction and death, was honored by Zeus above all his other cousins, because of her immense and diverse powers. When Zeus plotted to overthrow his father, Hecate was one of the first gods to respond to the call to arms. Unlike Zeus's siblings, who were trapped in the stomach of their father, Hecate was free and had grown up testing and growing her powers in a world of Titans, including her father, one of the most dangerous Titans of them all. When Hecate, Zeus, Hera, Demeter, Hestia, Poseidon, and Hades, along with their Titan allies, had forced the ruling Titans and Typhon into Tartarus, Hecate stayed in the underworld to rule over her sisters, the Keris or the first witches, while the other gods ascended to Olympus to vie for power and positions. The Keris were known for their extensive knowledge of plants, poisons, and sorcery. Doubtless, in addition to keeping a firm grasp on her sisters, Hecate probably wanted to be close to the mouth of Tartarus, To be sure, her father, titan of destruction and death, stayed put. Later, when Zeus led the gods in a fight against the powerful giants, Hecate battled with and ultimately slew the giant Cleitus. Because Hecate was born with powers of the night sky and of destruction and death, she could cause powerful storms and could bless and gift soldiers in battle. But Hecate was not typically a vengeful goddess, having probably experienced so much destruction in her life. She chose a different path. She chose a path of advocacy and peace, unique among the gods, especially considering her immense power, which stretched further than any of the twelve gods of the pantheon. Instead, Hecate was a goddess of the people. She preferred to grant wishes and collect and guide spirits of the dead at the crossroads and on battlefields. The people of Greece sacrificed black puppies and black sheep at their crossroads as tributes to Hecate, which makes sense as she truly was the black sheep of the Greek pantheon. Hecate collected the spirits of the dogs and they became the powerful Stygian dogs of the underworld and her loyal vanguard. Her appearance at the crossroads was preceded by the howling of dogs. Hecate is also followed by spirits and ghosts and is the goddess of necromancy, which flies in the face of Hades' domain as ruler of the dead. When the Greeks defeated Troy, the Queen of Troy, Helen's temporary mother-in-law, threw herself from the cliffs into the sea to commit suicide as the city burned. But Hecate took pity on the queen, a victim of other selfishness, and turned her into a dog, who became her constant companion. Hecate also rescued Galliantheus, the midwife who delivered Hercules from Hera's wrath, turning Galliantheus into a polecat, who became another eternal companion of the goddess. In these stories, we notice Hecate's solidarity with women. While Hera, frustrated with her cheating husband, takes her anger out on the women, who are Zeus's victims, hecate sees the women as those who needed her protection the most and due to hecate's power and zeus's deference hera even in her pain and frustration dared not retaliate against the mercy of the goddess of magic the most famous greek myth featuring hecate is the capture of persephone into the underworld persephone another of zeus's bastard children with his sister demeter was the goddess of springtime when she vanished from the earth no one could find her sense her or hear her except hecate because she was a goddess in all realms and could hear persephone even in the underworld hecate flew to demeter's side telling her of persephone's whereabouts and then hecate went where demeter a goddess of the all-powerful 12 dared not go hecate re-entered the underworld and kept persephone company ensuring her comfort and safety until she returned to Earth. Hecate continued to visit Persephone in the Underworld each year, comforting Demeter with updates and assurances during the six months that Persephone ruled in the Underworld. Hecate was not confrontational, and she did not seek out power or glory, but she was fierce and unafraid. Her powers were closer to the powers of a titan than a god, due to the primordial strength and origin of both her parents. Among the gods, she was an anomaly for doing her own thing without vying for power or politics. It would have been easy for any of them to be upset when she crossed into their territory, but none confronted her. She could and occasionally did whip up fierce storms and sink ships of distasteful sailors or fishermen. But neither Poseidon nor Zeus ever interfered with her use of wind or water, nor did Hades or Hecate's sisters, the fates, try to punish her when she defied them by raising the dead. During the last hundred years or so of the Greek empire, Hecate was worshipped in Athens as much as Athena herself. Both of these virgin goddesses were notable protectors of women and fierce warriors. Celebrations were held in Hecate's honor twice a year in ancient Greece. One celebration was for the Hecate of the day and the earth, and one celebration was for the Hecate of the night and the dead. On both days, food was put out by everyone who could afford it as a sacrifice to the goddess, and the food was intended to be eaten by the homeless and impoverished. Unlike some other gods, Hecate was utilitarian even in worship, preferring her sacrifices to be used for the good of her worshippers. Hecate's name means worker from afar, and that is exactly what her powerful magic allowed her to be. I like to think that Hecate's advocacy for women and the oppressed stemmed from growing up in and observing the dysfunctionality of the patriarchal order of the titans and the gods. She worked in sly ways to give women power from afar, trying to balance the vastly uneven scales of power between the sexes. Most of Hecate's mentions and work throughout mythology point towards a goddess who actively identified women in need of her protection and aided them. She would whisper the secret poultices and poisons developed by her sisters, the Keres, to human women in need of healing or vengeance. She appeared at crossroads and granted wishes, providing humans with vengeance and protection spells, particularly when called upon by women, who, without any real rights within their society, were preyed upon by both men and the gods, and then, of course, punished for the actions of the men and the gods. Hecate is one of the virgin goddesses, like Artemis and Athena. Now, a virgin in ancient Greece does not at all mean what it connotes to us today. A virgin goddess is simply a goddess who does not marry and tie her power and loyalty to a male deity. It wasn't until Christianity took hold in the Middle Ages that virginity began to take on a meaning of a woman who had never had sex. Hecate did, in fact, mother children, Notably, Hecate birthed the immortal monster Scylla, who along with Charybdis, guards the narrow strait traveled by Odysseus. Scylla had 12 feet, 6 heads, and long, thick-scaled necks. Hecate also gave birth to the Impusa, a beautiful, shape-shifting and immortal monster with one copper leg who feeds on wicked young men, almost like a vampiric avenger of women. Aside from the immortal creatures that Hecate mothered with other immortals, Hecate also mingled with human men and gave birth to the demigods Aetes, a king of Clochus, Circe, the greatest sorceress of all Greek mythology, and Pasiphae, queen of Crete. Hecate is sometimes attributed to be the mother of Medea as well, also a powerful sorceress and part of the legend of Jason. Hecate was honored because of her multifaceted power and large following, and that neither began nor ended in ancient Greece or Rome. Hecate has continued to be worshiped throughout history among witches, and is still worshiped today, and is featured in pop magic TV shows and books. The goddess Hecate, sorceress, goddess in all three realms, and sotiera, or savior of women, lives on. Today's episode is brought to you by Honestly Essential Oils. Unlike the Essential Oil Barons, Honestly Essential Oils is a small family-run company with fewer employees than I have fingers, and no soccer moms pushing their product. Because Honestly Essential Oils doesn't have to pay a long line of salespeople before the oils ever reach you, their oils are far less expensive than other companies while maintaining high quality. Plus, Honestly Essential Oils are sourced and tested to ensure high quality oils in every bottle. Honestly Essential Oils is run by some of my awesome in-laws and I use these oils for everything from cleaning to massages to rituals and meditation to soothing minor skin ailments. My top three favorites that I order all the time are Eucalyptus, which I dribble into the bath when I have a cold. Lavender, which I like to dab on my wrists or spray on my pillows to relax before bed. And of course tea tree oil, which is an essential part of my natural cleaning sprays and helps soothe and speed the healing process for many minor skin irritants. You can try out Honestly Essential oils for yourself and get 10% off when you visit their website honestlyessential.com and use the promo code WITCHES at checkout. The beginning I mentioned Scarlet Witch Scarlet Witch to me is a modern and sort of beaten down version of Hecate with her enormous powers and benevolent feelings Scarlet Witch was a fierce warrior and a powerful ally but Scarlet Witch lacked two of Hecate's key powers confidence and immortality perhaps the two are connected it's a lot easier to be fierce when your life doesn't hang in the balance But in some ways, Hecate's life did hang in the balance. Her powers overreached every other god and goddess on Olympus, and they could have banded together and tried to throw her into Tartarus with her father, but they never did, because like Scarlet Witch, Hecate wanted peace and safety, and she didn't seek out the power of the other gods. But Hecate wasn't just seeking peace and safety for herself. By overthrowing her father, titan of death and destruction, she had achieved peace and safety for herself already. Now, she wanted peace and safety for humanity. Her focus was prosperity for others, safety for women, healing, wish-granting, justice, and balance. Unlike Scarlet Witch, who learns to eschew all evil, Hecate embraces not only the good of her powers, but also the bad and the dangerous. Hecate understands balance and has confidence in her actions and power. Her ferocity in battle was legendary and the reason Zeus feared and respected her so much. But her willingness to protect a midwife in danger was just as important to her character. Today's spell is from Llewellyn.com, and you can link to the full spell in the show notes. It's a protection spell calling upon Hecate, the protector of witches and women, and hopefully (laughs) the patron goddess of this podcast. To do the spell, start by mixing equal parts sea salt, black salt, and powdered dragon's blood. If you, like me, don't happen to have any powdered dragon's blood on hand, I find that paprika does just as well. On a hard floor, so it's easy to sweep up afterwards, use the mixture to sprinkle a protective circle. Step inside and chant. Hecate, I call to thee. Watch over me as you can see all the negativity swarming around me. May your grace protect me. Thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed the episode, please leave us a magical review so others can find and enjoy the show as well. Check out the website for Salty Merchandise, the Grimoire Gallery, and to subscribe to The Oracle in time to get the exclusive Winter Solstice gift available only through the newsletter. Stay fierce as the goddess witches and we'll catch you next time. Of Witches and Women is brought to you by SHH Media. LLC.